We commenced our autumn retreat, love embodied with the concept of mercy. <clears throat> and mercy implies a receptive capacity within each of us. We receive a dimension of love embodied. And we are with that in a sense of being. And then we enact that out through the cells of our incarnation into life. It is a vulnerable state. We are not armored in mercy. And so <clears throat> for almost every human being, we hesitate and we inadequately embody mercy in order to compete with the power of the Creator. We cannot understand in the mystery of God what He or she or that great one is doing and is going to do in the next moment, the next breath of our incarnation. So we take precedence over it. And even if we pray to God, we say, well, I have to protect myself just in case, you know, he doesn't show up or she doesn't do what I want. <clears throat> or that great one isn't on the same page or map of where my will is wanting to go. And even when we deeply surrender or offer ourselves to our path in God, or if we're a secular humanist, when we try to be one with the cosmic reality of the universe, we still wish that Mercury won't crash into the sun, or that we will live longer than our next door neighbor or our sibling or our spouse, or whatever we decide we're playing with in a dimension which is something we don't understand, and we make very foolish decisions which are not merciful. And some part of us remembers the void of before we were conceived and the void of conception and the void of gestation within our mother's body and our father's embrace and our ancestors. We go, I, I just don't remember. Or I maybe remember the tiniest moment or the tiniest perception or experience of reality physically and you know it's just not enough I'm not safe I go of course you are you're here you're still alive entering the mystery yet again of the next moment in all space all time eternity who are you what is your signature and you go I don't know and so the difficulty is we constantly are juxtaposing our anxiety about mystery with our partial direction toward mystery. And one of the qualities in me, which is most splendid, a quality of God, I don't mean it's mine, I mean it's God's, but within me, I receive that very willingly. And the experience of it is such an extraordinary trust, a mutual trust, that I always feel like a child or a, a kind of a naive being, like a peasant of the mountains and the valleys and the coasts and the streams. And I'm aware that we are breathing and we are being and we are enacting my next breath. 
I'm never alone, ever. I never, ever experience the not we. It's always we. So I invite you to this because this would be the path for you and you and you and you and me. And then we together become these beads on the rosary or the mala or the necklace, the strand of pearls as God's children. And so in the last segment, I spoke of having a person, maybe a Himalayan Buddhist on one side of me, one one bead of my pearls or my rosary or mala. And then on my left side, a, a person of any aspect of the Chinese peoples who comprise approximately a quarter of the world's population. It could be a Mongolian person. Han Chinese, it could be Jack Ma, whose ancestry is from southeastern China, on the borders of Vietnam and toward Myanmar and Thailand and Cambodia. So if Jack Ma were visiting with someone from the upper regions of Mongolia, their genetic history would be markedly different. Here, Jack Ma, it's so cold on this day. Let me bring you a jacket. And he might invite the Mongolian person to have a certain kind of tea that might be very soothing for them, different from the teas of their homeland in the high steps toward Russia, right? They're cousins. We are cousins. And one of the great graces of my life has been to be a rosary bead or bead of the mala uh, or a pearl. Uh, My parents brought me many years ago, they went out to the southwest and they brought me back a beautiful necklace of these gorgeous seeds and Dine children had strung them with tiny glass beads and then these beautiful seeds to make a long necklace so we might be the seed pods from anywhere on the earth many of the malas that are uh, practiced within the Taoist traditions of of uh, China and Eastern Asia, and in Himalayan Buddhism, and in Northern Indian Hinduism. If you find malas, they're they're often of various gorgeous seed pods from those regions, and an old man or woman might prize his or her mala above all of their other possessions. Oh, these are the seeds from this tree, so spiritual. These were my grandmothers. You could bring them beads made of any precious material from the earth, a semi-precious stone or a precious gem. And these people would not value that above the seed pods from the tree of life of their region. So pearls might be that for me. My mother had a beautiful strand of pearls given to her by my father, which meant a great deal to her. What did each of those pearls mean? Well, they meant really the devotional aspiration of my father beside my mother in all aspects of his life. And one day he brought home to her this little velvet box and gave to her this beautiful strand of pearls, which was one of her three or four most prized possessions, not because of the financial value. They're not extravagant natural pearls from the South Sea. They were cultured pearls which he had found from someone he knew in New York City. And they just meant so much to her. 
So after her death, what did I contemplate? Well, how shall that strand of pearls go out into the pearls of her life? <clears throat> her children, her grandchildren. And so I took the necklace apart and had a jeweler put together earrings and bracelets for her granddaughters, for my sister, for the mother of her granddaughters. It was very important to me. Because the strand of pearls, the quality of the mystery before each of us were conceived in my mother and father's family, including the two of them, and the mystery of every living breath of the longevity and ease and challenge in all the experiences of their lives and ours, <clears throat> and the promise into eternity of the love from the divine in each one of us, represented toward the divine in one another. Well, that would be our path, would it not? And so if we come from a family where people fight over a piece of jewelry or a piece of bread or a piece of land, we represent for the nations of the world fighting. Who gets Syria? Who gets the real estate deal? The one with the most money or the one who'll take care of it? Which brother shall inherit? Well, the question becomes mysterious. And the aggressor in each one of us is not a fulfilled answer. The answer comes from the creator, that great one, God, the cosmic oneness, from which we all come, to which we all return. We arise from that. We are born from that. And when we go toward the concept I've used from Hinduism or South Asia, self-born with a capital S, the, not, the small self into the larger self. When we come to that larger self, it incorporates all that is, including the place in our hearts and souls and lives, which is one with that. That's what we aspire to in a South Asian spiritual or cultural tradition. We would aspire to that realization, not only in ourselves, but within all beings. And then when we begin to represent that, we find that beyond the power of God, the masculine principle, which we spoke of so deeply, we embody the feminine principle of having to receive the next breath, the next moment throughout all space, throughout the space around us of land or lack of land or pearls or no pearls or expensive pearls or a necklace of precious seed pods from the region of our, of our birth, of our lives, our terrain. And in that merciful reception, that feminine quality, all of a sudden in the next breath, we are to embody a principle. What would that principle be? So I'm going to use two concepts in this that I think are very helpful so that you're not afraid to move toward a greater realization or enlightenment or awakening. The first one is that the thread that joins the rosary beads or the silken strand that joins the pearls or the twine or wire that joins the seed pods or beads 
or the link that joins us all as human beings with all of life and creation is very mysterious. And it is important, in fact, critical that we don't negate that and say, well, I'm here. I'm the pearl. I'm the bead. I'm the seed pod. It's the linking among us all, the Himalayan Buddhist on one side of me, the traditional Chinese man or woman or person on the other side of me. What is their relationship? What is our relationship? And then all of a sudden, the next breath in all three of us is beyond all war. And we realize beyond any thoughts, oh, we know exactly what to do. And then in our next breath must be in our inner voice, our soul into our heart, the willingness in ourselves of our body to represent this together. And that would be the silken strand that causes us all to become a living rosary, a living mala, a living strand of pearls, a living string of beautiful seeds, which are regional, intimate, global, cosmic. And then all of us find a quality that in Christianity is called the peace that passeth all understanding. And this is what we study in a being like Jesus or one of the great Taoist masters called the Immortals, high up on a cliff or mesa, looking out from a shelf below a great river at the waterfall and standing in the midst of it with his hand up in the air, inviting us with his other hand, come, come into eternity with me. Look at this splendor and beauty to which we are all yoked. Embody this principle of humility before the creator, before God, before that, that which created Confucius and Lao Tzu and the man standing at the waterfall. And then the woman or the person standing beside that being receives the same quality. And when we turn and face the waterfall together, <clears throat> or we turn and we gaze toward one another, we have original face. We have the face of God. We have the face of eternity where we look at one another and it becomes both of us looking through a window toward the moment of mystery that is next. All of our armoring falls away. All of our weapons fall away. And we are given an assignment or an experience of the path right before us both. So it's within God and oneself, God and the other person, or the cosmos and oneself, the cosmos and the other person, and then between the two people, oh, civilization, here we are. The earth resounds with relief two human beings at the waterfall have realized why we are here. Waterfall, man, woman, water, trees, animals, sky, sun, fire at the core of the earth. 
And every person is living gratitude in that experience. Grateful for what? Grateful for everything. So I would like us in our practice this autumn to be with the sense of that strand of silken thread. I have the pearls I have have <clears throat> several strands of pearls that are very dear to me. They've just been significant because of my parents' pearls. And one of them is a strand on a, on a silken uh, piece of cord. They're knotted in between all of the pearls. They're Baroque pearls. They're uneven. So they used to be looked down upon a hundred years ago. And in the current era, they've been considered to be very beautiful. I've had them for almost 40 years. And they're significant to me for several reasons. And one of them is because of their imperfection. They are so beautiful, like a bouquet of roses, each one different, one petal this way, one that way. So the pearls have uneven marks on them, and they're, they're just very beautiful to me. The second pair is a strand of pearls that came from mainland China about uh, 10 to 15 years ago from southeastern China. And uh, the woman that we purchased them from was just very tender towards us, and uh, they were very inexpensive. Someone, you know, gathered them at the coast, <clears throat> and they would have been grown on a farm. And someone else lined them up and chose ones that matched quite well and then tied them together. They were not expensive. They were probably in American dollars, less than $200. They're very dear, these two strands. And when I wear them together, they represent the people they came to me from, myself, my parents, the seas of our world, because they were <clears throat> grown in salt water. All of the artisans who cultivated them, harvested them, chose them, drilled the holes into them, strung them so that they could sit in a little red box in my room and be taken out occasionally and worn. What do they mean? Gratitude. Who are we? I am the sum total of all of the artisans and the seas of the earth and the mollusks that grew those pearls and then the mollusks were broken open and let go. They died. They suffered so that my pearls could be born. All of our ancestors <clears throat> who have undergone war, famine, deep journeying, argumentative conversations, conflicting relationships and decisions, because of how we have not adequately known how to configure that silken strand from one pearl or seed or bead to the next and the next and the next. Well, we are at a time upon this place that is our earth when we can exhale and when we inhale, allow the power of the great mystery that is God or allow the power of the great mystery that is the universe. And in our next inhalation, allow a place beyond all argument and weapons 
to receive adequate mercy, that we embody in the next moment the love of which we are composed. And then in a manner that is light, pure white light, singing the celestial sounds of silence into form, we become the pearls or the seed pods or the beautiful beads upon the strand of pearls that is heaven on earth. The string of seed pods that is a living rose riramala. The quality that is the beads of prayer into life. And this would be a living gratitude. Oh, all of you who've come before us, we know exactly what to do. So it requires a quality where we are offered into God and we're allowing, I apologize, we have a lawnmower next door, where we apologize into God and we allow the sense that what we are representing and what we're receiving is a quality of remembrance that goes beyond what we're comfortable with. It goes beyond what we think might be our enemy. And we allow a quality that is the creator to act. And we receive from the creator an understanding mysterious to us that our next breath and action is not in fighting with our history or with one another, but taking the next step forward like a safe journey on a ship or a safe journey in a vehicle or a safe journey walking. And in a discerning manner, we are representing then the present into the future with great courage and yet remembrance, oh, that great one, the creator which formed us and shaped us. Oh, I am receiving this. I am embodying this. And we are protected and guided in what to do then in that next moment. So just as I've used China and the Himalayan Buddhists as a part of this conversation, anyone who comes from the regions of China will have relationship to all other people from any of the provinces of China. And they will have relationship to people from anywhere in the earth, all of us. So when I look at the news, another area of the world that is in distress today might be Palestine and Israel fighting over the next breath. I go, whoa, we are all to breathe together. Weapons down, guns and throwing rocks, strong weapons and minor weapons of antagonism. How should we live together upon this area that we call in my country the Holy Land? How should we live upon this land that in my country is called the Holy Land? It's not the Israelis' Holy Land that was divided up by European powers after the wars of World Wars I and II. It's not only the Palestinians' land who came in and provoked a fight in 1967. 
It's not a land that only belongs to Muslims or Jews or Christians or Bedouin tribes. It belongs to all of those people. And isn't it so mysterious how that is to be peacefully realized? Well, I tell you, that is humanity's homework right now. How do we resolve the Holy Land? How do we resolve the Himalayas and China? How do we resolve America? How do we resolve the horrible argument going on right now in Eritrea and Ethiopia and Somalia? So when we stand and say, he's evil, she's good, she's evil, he's good, not in the sense of allowing the Creator to move completely through us, not in the sense of receiving mercy and enacting that next moment in space as a bead of a rosary or a mala, individually and calling it forward in one another, the person to our right, the person to our left of all tribes, and then allowing that thread of grace, so mysterious, to show us, I didn't know that the next moment might be filled with the power of God, beyond all weapons, with the mercy of God, received and understood so deeply by my soul and heart, and then embodied as love in gratitude. So as we work with this, allow yourself to be aware of the gratitude you consciously have for the present moment and what has gone before you, but realize that Maybe 90% of your gratitude is for what you have avoided in order to protect yourself from being harmed and allow the power of God, the mercy of receiving that grace to be realized, oh, I am grateful for every breath and every moment, everywhere and always.